Welcome to High Ticket Woman, the podcast for Christian women who are relationship challenged, and they know that to make changes, it starts with them wanting more, expecting more, and becoming more. Here's your host, Debbie Cottle. I've been single twice in my life, and those two seasons of singleness were hugely important to shape me into the woman I am. Hey, welcome back to another episode of High Ticket Woman. I'm Debbie Cottle, and today we're going to talk all about being single, the joys of being single, the challenges of being single. You know, being single is often treated like a transitory or transitionary state, as though somehow your life isn't complete until you're married. And that is just not true. But you see, it's all about perspective. And in in reality, whether you're in a romantic relationship, you or not, you are in a relationship, a very important relationship, two actually, the relationship you have with yourself and the relationship you have with God. And the quality of those two relationships will impact every other relationship you have, most certainly included any romantic relationship you end up with. So let's talk about how to be a high ticket woman while being single. One of the reasons why it feels like being single is such a temporary state of life is because of how other people treat you when you're single. Well-meaning people, people who care about you and love you, and they want to know why you haven't found someone yet, or they want to be encouraging and helpful. So they think that saying, you know, they're praying for you or or that they know you're going to meet someone soon. They think that that's helpful. Or they might treat you sort of like with pity, like poor you, you're not in a relationship yet. They might make assumptions about you being single, like, oh, you must be so lonely. It must be so hard. Or you're so bored, you don't have anybody to share life with. As though somehow being single is this deeply tragic thing. In fact, the reality is that there are a lot of people actually choosing to be single, especially those who've just come out of a bad relationship, let me tell you. You know, another thing that can make it challenging to be single is that we ourselves as single people can have certain expectations or milestones that we want to achieve in our lives that we that we sort of require, you know, a relationship for, like marriage, (laughs) can't marry yourself you know, or having children, okay? There's a a certain biological window of time that we have as women to be able to have children. And when we don't find somebody, when we don't, you know, end up in a committed relationship, we can get closer to moving out of that biological window. And that comes with its own set of emotions. And there can be a lot of grief involved in realizing you may not have children of your own. Of course, this isn't just attached to being single. You can be married and not end up having children. That's certainly what happened to me. So I think sometimes there's this idea or myth that married couples have a better life than single people. Or there can be an assumption 
that single people are are choosing to be single because they're selfish, right? Um, you know, that it requires less selfishness to be in a relationship. So let's dive into all this. Let's look at the truth of this. There, there are some myths about being single and there are some myths about being in a relationship. And I'm speaking, of course, specifically to women who are single, but this message is just important for those of us who are no longer single, who are married, because the way we treat other people who are single is certainly critical too. And part of being a high ticket woman is learning to treat people in our lives in the right way. How we treat ourselves, how we treat others is a huge part of enjoying a high ticket life. All right. So let's, let's talk about some of these myths. All right. The first myth is something we've already touched on. And that is that my, my, my state of being single is temporary and that my best life is ahead of me as a, as a married person. I say this as a myth because there are many unhappy married people in this world. And there are many very content people in this world who are single. The best way for you to view being single is to not think of it as a temporary state that will end. That You might want it to end, but the moment you start telling yourself, I need it to end, your perspective is going to get skewed and it's going to impact your ability to enjoy your life fully in the moment. Now, as a Christian woman, that may require and almost certainly does require some divine help, okay? Because it requires you trusting that God has the best plan laid out for you already, whatever it is. And you know, as I've said, I've been, I've been there. I've been single two different times in my life. The first time I was single, I attended a private Christian college and I was 22 when I graduated. And it seemed to me anyway, that everybody around me after graduation was getting married. They'd met each other at college, you know, and back in those days, we used to call it being paired off. So everybody was getting paired off and, and getting married or so it seemed to me. And it felt like everybody had somebody except for me. And, you know, I don't know that this was a conscious thought on my part, but but I know now that I I think I thought my time was running out. I think that was something inside of me. And I went from my bachelor's degree to another university for graduate school. And I look back on that season of my life and, you know, I I got a lot of benefit out of being single because I moved away to go to grad school and I didn't have any friends attending the university that I went to. So I was very focused on getting my education, which was really helpful for me. Okay. But I did go through a period of loneliness in grad school because like I said, I didn't know anybody there. So I had to learn how to be alone. I had to learn how to do things by myself. You know, if I wanted to go to a movie or go out to eat, I had to do those things by myself. And I, I learned to do that. I learned to get comfortable to do that, to not need other people to be around me for me to be able to enjoy myself. But I'm not going to lie and say that it wasn't challenging at times. It certainly was 
very quiet at times. And, you know, I had to figure out how to deal with the quietness and the lack of social time with other people. But, but it was a good time for me because I really used that time to improve myself. I, I was in my counseling program and I, we were encouraged to get a therapist to, so we would know what it would be like to be a client. So I really dived into that. And I went to the university counseling center and I really did some work on myself. And it was a a very important season of my life. The only social time I had was two and a half hours away where my younger sister was still attending the private undergraduate college. So sometimes I would go and hang out with her and her friends and I'd stay the weekend. But a lot of times I was just by myself and I learned to be okay with that. When I met the man that I would marry, the the man who would be my first husband, I remember thinking though at the time, even though I was, you know, excited about being in a relationship, you know, because I had you know, at this point I was 25 years old and and thinking that, (laughs) you know, I was getting old. There were a number of things that were incompatible between him and I. We had been raised differently. We shared the same religious beliefs, but beyond that, we were very different. We had different worldviews. We were raised in different socioeconomic levels. I had a very different perspective of the world than he did. But you know, I I married him because at the at the heart of of I guess I should say at the core of what was going on inside of me I didn't think I was going to meet anybody else. He wanted me, he was really good looking and and deep down inside I thought this is it. This is my last chance. I didn't think I was going to meet anybody else. So I married him. The other reason for why I'd married him is that I had prayed to God about two weeks before I actually met him, that, you know, here I am about to finish grad school, God, and I have one more semester left. I've just turned 25. I really feel like I'm ready to get married and I'm about to finish grad school. So if it's your will, please, I would really like to be married by this time next year, (laughs) which was a really bold thing to ask God, right? And then two weeks later, I met the man that I would eventually marry. And we married December 28th of the following year. So for the entire duration of my marriage, I always thought that this man was God's answer to my prayer, even though there were lots of challenges in our marriage, even from early on. But I never considered leaving him because I felt God had brought us us together and that we were supposed to figure it out and make it work, you know, even though, again, there were lots of problems. And for almost 24 years, that is what's happened. Now, I'm sharing this with you because I want you to realize that there were many times when I was married to him that I longed to be single. I would go to bed at night and fall asleep imagining my single life. Again, not the old single life I'd had, but a new one. And, you know, that wasn't the healthiest thing for my marriage, admittedly, but that's how it was. That's what I would allow my brain to imagine, you know, not being married anymore. So that first myth is that life is so much better when you're married and so much worse when you're single. It's not true. People can be unhappily married and look at single people and long for that time of their life again. 
So people can be married, unhappily married, and they can look at single people and long for that time of their life again. In reality, single people have a lot of freedom. They have far more freedom than people who are married. I mean, when you're single, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want. I'm not talking, of course, of about immoral or illegal things. I'm just simply saying you get to decide how you spend your time. The moment you're in a relationship, and then especially once you get married, that's not true. You have to account for what your partner wants and needs. You don't just think for yourself anymore. You might even feel like you have to ask permission, especially when money's involved, right? I mean, things can get really tricky when you're married because most of the things we like to do in life cost money or at least certainly take time and energy. And when we don't consider our partner, they're going to be frustrated or upset. But of course, when you're single, you don't have to do that. You don't have to consider anybody other than yourself. So even though a good, healthy marriage enjoys a level of freedom, there are a lot of marriages out there that you give up your freedom entirely when you're married, right? So it's not the same when you're married. It's not, and even when you do experience a certain amount of freedom in your marriage, it's not the same as when you're single, okay? You know, there's actually a study that you can find on the Psychology Today website where they interviewed a number of singles across multiple countries. And the, what's interesting about that is that not only do singles have a lot more freedom, they also tend to have a lot more friends. And I think part of that is because they have more time for their friends. I mean, the moment you get into a relationship, and this is certainly true for me, you can tend to neglect your, your, relation, your friendships because you're consumed by the relationship. And you don't have all the same amount of time to enjoy your friends. So, and, and part of that too is that, you know, your, your, your new partner may not even connect with some of the friends that you have. They may not like them. So it begins to affect the way that you spend time with the, the friends that you have. Another thing that happens, not only do you have less time to spend with your friends, but as a single person, the flip side of this is that if your friends around you are in relationships, married, maybe even now starting to have children, they may be drifting away from you. They may be not pulling away intentionally, but they just are in a different phase of life. So single people have more friends, but often those friendships are with other singles. We'll talk a little bit more about this here as we go further along that, you know, as one of the challenges of being single and and your your friends who are in relationships and, and they're pulling away. But I, I want you to think about just in terms of like the freedom that you have, you have the freedom to just go hang out with anybody whenever you want, okay? Now, you know, it's true that when you get in a relationship, you are choosing to spend more time with your partner. I mean, you know, my husband now, Jeff, I absolutely adore him and he's the person I want to spend the most time with. So at the end of a long day, you know, if I have a choice between hanging out with my husband or getting on the phone, because, you know, I don't have any local friends in Mexico, um, girlfriends anyway, you know, so I have to get on FaceTime or, or on the phone or text to connect with my friends. But if I have to choose between spending time with Jeff or spending time with a friend, especially when I've been talking with clients all day long, it's really a no brainer for me. 
I mean, I'm going to spend time with my husband, which makes it harder for me to stay in touch with friends. And some of my friends are single. And so they want to connect with me. They want to stay in touch with me. I've even been called out by one of my friends recently. (laughs) She did it gently and lovingly, but she said, you're kind of a bad friend, Debbie, (laughs) because you don't stay in touch very well. And, And I acknowledged that she's right. It's true. Because at the end of the day, I have to make a choice and I choose my husband. My friends are important to me, but there's only so much time. And that's just the reality of it. But if I were single, I wouldn't be having to choose between my friends and my partner because I wouldn't be in a relationship. Okay. Another myth I believe that happens is that we think that being in a relationship is better than being single because you have somebody to open up to, be emotionally intimate with connect with, you'll have a life partner and you can tell your life partner anything and they're there for you. They're your greatest support. And of course, that is the ideal. Having that is what we all want. I mean, that is that is the ideal. But many relationships fall short of that. And no one person is able to be everything for you except for God. We'll talk more about that later too. So this idea that your your loneliness is going to be resolved by being in a relationship is is really not fully true, okay? Yes, there are a lot of wonderful things about being in a relationship, but relationships are stressful. As a therapist working with women for years and years and years now, over 30 years, most of the issues that I work with with women have to do with bad relationships, ones that they're already in or ones that they've come out of. I mean, there are so many challenges and problems that go along with being in a relationship. I mean, this is where we, you know, the guardedness that I see in in both men and women often has come about from a bad relationship, okay? This is where we have heartbreak. This is where we find betrayal. This is where we learn to to distrust, okay? And so when you're single, you don't have to deal with that in the same way, okay? And you can be singular, singularly focused on something else. The moment you get in a relationship, your focus, is, is, it shifts, all right? So when you're single, you can focus on whatever you want to focus on. That might be advancing your career. That might be self-improvement. That might be learning a new skill or hobby. But the moment you are paired off and, and partnering with somebody, you don't have the same time or energy to do any of that, okay? Because the relationship, this sounds like a negative word, but it, it really sucks a lot of the time and energy that you have because you're trying to grow it. So you only got so much time in a day. So because, you know, when we're falling in love, that's such a wonderful experience. You know, we want to spend all that time with our, our new person. We, we want to be with them and talk to them and get to know them better. And so other things begin to fall to the wayside, not just our friendships, but, but our dedication, our focus in other things in life. Okay. 
and and again coming back to this concept that somehow being in a relationship is is you know the grass is greener right so you look over at the people in your life that you see are married and you think oh i want that i long for that because you think well everybody around me seems happy the reality is you don't know what goes on behind closed doors you don't get to see the conflict you don't see the personality you know differences between the couples you don't know the little quirks that in those personalities that cause stress in the relationship you don't see the fights you don't see the drama okay and when you're single you don't you're not having to deal with all that okay as i said in the beginning there are people who are choosing now to be single because relationships can be exhausting <laughs> you know i look back to the 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 months and even um years because you know there was a you know jeff and i were together for a while before we got married there were some stressful, challenging things uh, about, you know, our, that time before we were married, okay? Um, so when you're single, you, you don't always see that, okay? I mean, sometimes you might have a, a sibling, you know, or, or, you know, you might have a friend who opens up to you about problems in the relationship. So you might have a window into that for, for some people in your life, but you can also get the wrong impression that everybody around you is happy. And it's just not true. Okay. Relationships can bring about heartache. And if you're not with the right person, it will, it will inevitably cause stress and maybe potential heartbreak for you. You know, going back to my first marriage, I mean, I was with him for almost 24 years. That's a long time to commit to a relationship when neither of you is, is happy. And as I said, I married him because I thought that that was the next thing on my list to do and, and that I wasn't going to find somebody else who would want me. And I look back on that now and I think how silly, but that's how I felt. So I compromised, I settled, I settled for somebody who wasn't right for me and I wasn't right for him. And it created almost 24 years of a lot of ups and downs. Were there fun times in that marriage? Yes, of course. Were there positive things? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, the relationship ended and it caused a lot of hurt and a lot of anguish for both of us. Single people don't have to deal with that. Single, being single allows you to, again, focus on you focus on your relationship with God. And you know, it allows you to be a lot more spontaneous with your life, okay? Because you have so much more flexibility to do whatever you want. You can get up and travel. You can meet new people. You can go anywhere you want. And, you know, one of the greatest benefits, at least from my perspective, is that you can save money. You know, when you're, <clears throat> when you're dating, it's expensive. Getting to know somebody is expensive because you're not living together. So you're going out a lot. You're doing things and almost everything that you do costs money and can be expensive to be in a relationship. It, it, it depends on how you use money, of course. Um, but when you're single, all the money you make is entirely yours. <laughs> okay. Okay. Another myth that I see that people have about being single is that 
it's better to have a partner because you have somebody to share your problems with. And this, these can be emotional problems, but these can also be just daily tasks. Well, yes, it can be nice to have a partner to help you with things around the house. But the flip side of that is that most of the things people fight about are those very things. <laughs> this idea that when you are in a relationship and married that that you now have a partner to to share these things with is really kind of a myth because you both have your different ways of doing things. You both have different expectations for who's going to do what and how it should be done. And this becomes a often a huge source of conflict between couples. So this idea that somehow having a partner to help you with all this is, is a nice idea. But you know, in reality, learning to do things on your own is awesome because figuring things out, figuring out how to, how to solve things, whatever that might be, it teaches you what you're really capable of. This is where you learn perseverance. This is where you learn resilience. So instead of seeing it as a negative, see that self-sufficiency okay, as something that is very satisfying. Being able to accomplish something on your own is huge. Now, there can be some perceived, keyword, perceived challenges to being single, and we're going to talk about those. But then we're going to talk about how to view being single so that you can get the best out of your single life. So let's address some of these challenges, which you're aware of. They're obvious challenges. And the first one is being lonely. Now, we don't tend to think about being lonely when we're busy, when we're spending time with our friends and our family. But when you're all by yourself, when you wake up alone, when you go to bed alone, that's when it, get, it can get really hard. Now, there are people out there who enjoy their aloneness, and there's a difference between being lonely and being alone. I mean, we can be lonely in a crowd full of, a crowd full of people, can't we? So being comfortable with your aloneness is, is obviously what we want to strive for as single people, but learning how to combat loneliness is just a part of that. So getting to the place where you can enjoy your own company and even for some people preferring their own company is a, it's a perspective. It's a choice, an internal choice. And it really depends on what you focus on. In our loneliness though, we can be, we can make some really unwise decisions about men, especially, right? You know, I, I've worked with so many women over the years who have screwed up their lives out of loneliness because they've hooked up with random men just to overcome that feeling of being lonely. And that's not going to help you. It's going to actually create more problems for you, right? You know, one of the ways that I dealt with loneliness when I was single, um, and, and I'm thinking specifically about my my single state after my divorce is that I had a well-established routine for myself, both in the morning and at night. And I really came to crave those routines. You know, in the morning, that was my hardest time waking up and 
you know, realizing that I was alone, but I would quickly go into that morning routine. I'd make my coffee. I'd go for a very long morning walk. And, you know, part of that time I was talking to God and, um, you know, having that conversation with him. And, and then I would plan out my day and my day would consist of sometime working on, you know, by myself in my apartment on, you know, some of my writing, but then there would be other social things that I would build into my day. And then in my, in my evening, I had a very well-established routine, some of which had come out of my marriage that I took into my single life, but it really worked for me. You know, I would work up until a certain hour and then I would make myself dinner. And then I had my TV shows that I like to watch on Netflix. And, you know, I had, you know, sometimes I would go to the gym, sometimes I would go for a walk, but that routine kept me from focusing on being alone. Some of those routines actually have spilled over into my married life with Jeff because I just loved you know, those routines so much. And they really helped me move away from focusing on your by yourself, Debbie, you know? So I want you to take a look at those times when you feel that loneliness. What are you doing in those moments? What are you focusing on? What are you thinking about? And then what can you change in that routine? Morning or evening for me? As I said, morning was the worst. The other thing I did was I kept really busy. I kept busy all day long and up and right up until the point where I would just be so tired that I had to close my eyes. Another one of those challenges that are, you know, challenges that we perceive as being difficult is again, the way other people treat you. And even when you say I'm comfortable being single, I'm happy, I'm happy with my life. People might not believe you. They, they might not understand how could that possibly be? How could you be happy not being in a relationship? Doesn't everybody want to get married? So it may require you having some really clear boundaries. You might have to say, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. I'm fine. I'm happy with my life. I don't want to talk about being single. I don't want to talk about when I'm going to find a man. I'm perfectly content with my life without a man. So let's just change the subject. Let's talk about something different. It'll happen when it happens. And if it doesn't happen, so be it. God's in charge. Having that kind of conversation with the people in your life sometimes can be really necessary and important. You need to be able to shut down those attempts that people might make to make you feel like somehow you're less than as a single person. Now, another challenge that comes with being single, of course, as you well know, is that your friends are getting married and having kids and they've transitioned out of singleness into a different phase of life. So, all right. It's harder to connect with them because their time is taken up with their partner. And if they have kids, their time is taken up in raising their children. So as you get older and you're still single, it's harder. This is hard. It's one of the things that can be really difficult to accept that you don't have any control over. Your friends are moving into different phases of their lives and it can feel like you're sort of being left behind. You have to make new friends with people who are single so that you can connect with people who are in the same phase of life as you. And that doesn't necessarily mean they're all single. They might be married but not have children and they just have the same freedom and flexibility as you do. 
You know, if I was single now, if I hadn't met Jeff and I was still unmarried, I think that one of the things I would focus on would be becoming a really great hostess. I would want to host a lot of social activities, not just again for singles, but I'd invite married you know, people too. But I think I would deal with being single by surrounding myself with people that I could get to know and interact with. And I probably, even within my church, would maybe try to initiate some sort of social club for people in the same phase of life as me, people who are single, people who don't have kids, who have more time on their hands. In other words, I would want to take the initiative to create social opportunities for myself rather than waiting for my life circumstances to change. Instead of longing for my life to be different, I would want to go out and make connections with people. Another challenge that I know I certainly went through as a married woman, but not as a single woman, and that I've already talked about, of course, is that biological clock that's ticking away. And as I've said, I never got to have kids. I lost two pregnancies and I was married. So I had to come to terms with the fact that that just wasn't something that God had in his plans for me. And it was a process. It wasn't like I woke up one morning and said, Debbie, you're never going to have kids. You know, time went by and I just had to adjust to the notion that, you know, this might not happen for me. So what did I do? How did I handle that? Well, I dived into being the very best aunt to my nieces and nephews that I could be. And God blessed me with the opportunity to work with children in my in my business. So I was surrounded in many ways by children. And it gave me a way to access that nurturing side of me that wasn't going to happen as a mother. So as a therapist and as an aunt, I you know, I was able, because of those two roles, I was able to find peace in not having my own children. And sure, I could dwell on that now. I could dwell on how that's something missing or empty in my life, but I don't allow myself to because I know that if I do that, then it's going to put me in a state of mind that is going to rob me of that peace. It's going to make me feel sad and I don't want that. So I want you to think about, you know, if you're struggling in this way, if you're struggling with, you know, what if I miss my window of opportunity to have children? Remember that can happen single or married. Sometimes things happen that we don't have any control over. We control over. We don't always get everything we want. God always gives us what we need, but he doesn't always give us what we want. And this can be a, a, a hard truth in life. It can take time to accept. There can be a grieving process that goes with knowing that something you really wanted, whether it's children or marriage or both, just isn't going to happen. So one of the things I really encourage you to do is stop telling yourself something's missing in my life. The belief that you can't lead a full life if you're not married or you don't don't have children, it's not true. I had to tell myself that I could live a full life even if I didn't have kids. But as I said, it was a process. I just chose not to dwell for any length of time on the fact that I was never going to be a mom. Instead, I focus on what I have had in my life that has really filled my life up with joy. 
Another thing that we can struggle with in our singleness is when we look at people in relationships and think, you know, I want that same connection with somebody that I see other people having. I want that intimacy. And I'm not just talking about sex, although sex can be part of that. I'm talking about that emotional intimacy of someone really getting to know you, someone having someone to talk to every day who understands you and knows you on that deepest level, falling asleep with them, waking up beside them. And I'm not going to lie. That part's amazing. It's wonderful to have that. I mean, it's one of the best parts for me about being married to Jeff and I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, if something happened to Jeff and I didn't have him in my life anymore, that would be one of the things I would miss the most for sure. And if that did happen, because, you know, I'm very aware of the possibility that Jeff and I might only be blessed with a short period of time together. And I'm not trying to be morbid. It's just, it's just a possible reality because you never know what life's going to bring you. So I always think about, okay, if that does happen, how will I shift my thinking? What will I do to handle that, to be able to move on from that, to live my life and not dwell on what I no longer have so that I can go back to a state of singleness and live a full, rich life? But sometimes we just want to have somebody to share life with, right? To celebrate things, just to the highs, the lows, the accomplishments, someone to, con- to confide in you know, when we're struggling or hurting, the emotional support from a partner can be absolutely wonderful. And when we don't have that as a single person, it can feel very difficult to be patient, to just rely on our friends and family to reach out to. I think this is where our relationship with God is so critical. Building that connection with God, having that best friend relationship with him, where God becomes that person in your life that you have that intimacy with, that emotional connection. Because to be honest, your partner can never give you fully everything you need. He just, he just won't be able to. Some of what you need will come from family. Some of what you need will come from friends. Some of it will come from a partner if you end up in a relationship. But God is the only one who can give you everything you need in terms of emotional and mental and spiritual support. So it's really critical in in your singleness to lean on God, to go to God with everything, everything that you ultimately hope to share with a partner. Build that relationship with God now during this season of your life. And finally, if you feel socially isolated, and again, I've already addressed some of this, you know, like being alone or feeling lonely, you might be a homebody. I, I work with people who prefer being home. They they aren't people who like to go out and do a lot of things. But the thing is that we were actually created to be social. So whether you're an introvert or not, you need some interaction with people. You need some socialization. You need to balance your life out between pursuing your own interests, spending time alone, but also connecting with other people. And you may not even realize how important this is until you start to even experience some of the downsides of being alone. You know, I think COVID really helped people realize how much socialization and connection we really do actually need when it was taken away from us, right? So if you find yourself struggling with anxiety, depression, it may be an indication you're spending too much time alone and you need to make sure you get out 
more because you need time with people. But again, I don't want you to think that life is always easier with a partner. That that takes us back to one of those myths, right? Yes, sometimes if you're with the right person, but when you're with the wrong person, believe me, life gets harder. It feels often like an uphill battle, a whole lot of work. And when you're in a relationship like that, being single (laughs) seems preferable. Don't look at the life that you think everybody else has and believe that everything is all wonderful and blissful and, you know, perfect. Okay. When you're in a relationship and it's with the wrong person, it will make your life miserable. And it takes a lot of effort and time and energy to find the right person. So you got to be patient. Don't rush into trying to be in a relationship. Don't settle. You'll be glad that you don't. That's why enjoying every moment of your singleness while you still have it is so key because once it's gone, it's gone. One of the things that helped me a lot to deal again after my divorce with being single was that I just had some very clear goals. You know, the first time, as I said, I was very fixed on my education, but the second time around, I was, I was really focused on rebuilding my business and taking it to a whole nother level. That's what got me up every day, even though, yeah, I was dealing with the grief of a marriage that was ending. It kept me focused. It, kept, it gave me things to look forward to and things to do. I had to build a team of people to help me create a website and learn how to market my business and et cetera, et cetera. And I didn't have time to feel sorry for myself or to feel lonely. I jumped into therapy right away, which was great because I started working on me and and changing some of my own thinking because you don't go through a marriage and then ultimately a divorce without it messing you up. So that was one of the first things I did was get into therapy. And I had to find a temporary job because my business wasn't making any money right away. So again, I had something very much to focus on. So that gave me a way to cope, helped me to transition from being married to being single again. I I didn't let myself think about or dwell too long on whether I was going to ever find anybody again and how long it would take me to find somebody. I just turned that over to God and ultimately God worked it out. And as a way to wrap all this up, that really is the ultimate answer. Let God work it out. Whether or not you stay single, whether or not you find the right person, God knows exactly what you need. It may not be everything you want, but it will be exactly what you need. We don't always see that when we're going through it. So much of the time when we look back on our life, we go, that's why that happened. Trust God, trust the process, take your life off of pause if it's on pause, and enjoy your single state. You can live a high-ticket life. You can be a high-ticket woman without needing a man. Ladies, that's it for today's episode. I'll see you next week. Don't forget to come join my private Facebook group, Relationship Resolution. All the details on how to do that. And as I always say, if you haven't got my free guide, the 10-step relationship rescue roadmap, you can reach out 
to my website, debbiecoddle.com, and get it there. There's also a growing number of other free resources on the website. Find the link to that at the website, and you can just check those out as well. I'll see you next week. For more episodes, just go to debbiecoddle.com. And while you're there, get your free copy of my guide, 10-Step Relationship Rescue Roadmap.